So this week, I'm going to break down the Critics' Choice Award nominations. Um, And there are some historic nods this year. Also, these nods are the jump off for the Emmys, which come later on in this year, as well as the Oscars that are fast approaching. And then Netflix takes the lead, guys. Um, (laughs) And we'll get into all of that. Another prediction of mine being checked off the list is that. So, there is a change coming and it is here. So, let's get on into it. Before I delve into the nominations, we have to, you know, give a little bit of, of course, um, context and a little background here. And this big shift that has occurred Um, Now, me being an attuned spiritual being, (laughs) I had been watching Netflix ascent um, into the dominating role it is in now for quite some time. Um, This move was methodical and deliberate. And since 2015-ish, it might have been earlier than that. I'm not 100% on, on the date, but I know in 2015 is when I took notice that Netflix began releasing critically acclaimed original films. And one of those um, was 2017's Mudbound. It's still a favorite of mine. I think it's just an awesome, awesome, awesome movie. Um, The film garnered a slew of awards and nominations, including like Best Oscar for Cinematography and Picture and Best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor. So it 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 was definitely um, well received. And it was then in, in that year that I was able to truly sink into what the company was going after and it was the top spot in Hollywood uh with 2020 being 2020 they seem to be on the cusp of cementing themselves in that spot okay the main reason I am covering the Critics Choice Awards is again like I said in the intro they are a precursor for the Oscars Um, which is, you know, of course, film, as well as the Emmys, which is TV. Netflix has an astounding 72 nominations total for this award ceremony. This is huge. This is massive. (laughs) That number is astronomical. And is a real life showing of Netflix assuming the throne here in Hollywood. So without further ado, let's head into these nominations. And I'm going to start with the film section first. Um, This particular um, award ceremony is so massive. It took, (laughs) I believe, like... <clears throat> like two to three weeks they they had a break they had to split it up because these are so massive now I'm not going to cover every single category um, because you know like I'm just not going to do that but I am going to cover a lot so these next segments are definitely <laughs> extensive okay all right so let's get into the Um, series nominations for the 26th annual Critics' Choice Awards, okay? Best Drama Series is Better Call Saul, 
who is entering their, well, are in their final sixth season. The Crown, The Good Fight, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Perry Mason, and This Is Us. Best Actor in a Drama Series, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Jonathan Majors for Lovecraft Country, Josh O'Connor for The Crown, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, and Matthew Rice for Perry Mason. Now, I will say with Perry Mason, I could not get into that. I watched partially the first episode and I was just like, this shit is just too dark. But it put me in mind of like... There was this film Orson Welles did and it just had a phenomenal cast and it was like really gritty and like, ew, like very film noir, but like for real film noir, not just like the Humphrey Bogart stuff that is kind of, kind of light handed a little bit. Um, no, this was like grit ass and that's what, um, this Perry Mason was like, but too much for even for me. And so it's very dark, very, very dark. Okay, so the next category is Best Actress in a Drama Series. Christine Baranski, The Good Fight. Olivia Coleman, The Crown. Emma Corrin, The Crown. Claire Danes, Homeland. Laura Lenny, Ozark. Journey Smollett, Lovecraft Country. Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul, Justin Hartley, This Is Us, John Lithgow, Perry Mason, Tobias Menzies, The Crown, Tom Pelfrey, Ozark, and Michael K. Williams, Lovecraft Country. Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, Gillian Anderson, The Crown, Cynthia Revo, The Outsider, Julie, Julia Garner, Ozark, Janet McTeer, Ozark, Wumi Mosaku, Lovecraft Country, Henria Seahorn, Better Call Saul. Best Comedy Series, Better Things, The Flight Attendant, Mom, Pen 15, Rami, Schitt's Creek, Ted Lasso, What We Do in the Shadows. Best Actor in a Comedy Series, Hank Azaria, Brock Meyer, Matt Berry, What We Do in the Shadows, Nicholas Holt, The Great, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, and Rami Youssef in Rami. Best Actress in a Comedy Series, Pamela Odlin, Better Things, Christina Applegate, Dead to Me, Kelly Koaku, The Flight Attendant, Natasha Demetrio, What We Do in the Shadows, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek, and Issa Rae for Insecure. Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, William Fickner, Mom, Harvey Guillen, What We Do in the Shadows, Daniel Levy, Schitt's Creek, Alex Newell, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Mark Prosk, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, and Andrew Rennell's Black Monday.
Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Lacey Goranson, The Connors, Rita Marino, One Day at a Time, Annie Murphy, Schitt's Creek, Ashley Park, Emily in Paris, Jamie Presley, Mom, Hannah um, Waddingham, Ted Lasso. Best Limited Series, I May Destroy You, Mrs. America, Normal People, The Plot Against America, The Queen's Gambit, Small Aches, The Undoing, and Unorthodox. Best Movie Made for Television, <clears throat> Bad Education, Between the World and Me, The Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel, Hamilton, Sylvie's Love, and What the Constitution Means to Me. Best Actor in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, John Boyega, Small X, Hugh Grant, The Undoing, Paul Mescal, Normal People, Chris Rock, Fargo, Mark Ruffalo, I Know This Much Is True, and Morgan Spector, The Plot Against America. Best Actress in a Limited Series or Movie Made for TV, Kate Blanchett, Mrs. America, Michaela Cole, I May Destroy You, Daisy Edgar-Jones, Normal People, Shira Haas, Unorthodox, Anya Taylor-Joy, The Queen's Gambit, and Tessa Thompson for Sylvie's Love. Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, David Diggs, The Good Lord Bird, Joshua Caleb Johnson, The Good Lord Bird, Dylan McDermott, Hollywood, Donald Sutherland, The Undoing, Glenn Termine, the uh, for Fargo, and then John Tatura for The Plot Against America. Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, Uzo Aduba, Mrs. America, Betsy Brandt, Soulmates, Marielle Heller, The Queen's Gambit, Margot Martindale, Mrs. America, Winona Ryder, The Plot Against America, and Tracy Ullman for Mrs. America. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, I kind of want to, let, let, before I take a break, let's, let's, let's talk about some of these nominations. So, um, I think the Golden Globes are trash. Okay. So we're talking, you know, these are what I'm covering are the Critics' Choice Awards. Um, <clears throat> and the reason I'm saying bringing up the Golden Globes are trash, okay? They are trash. The reason I'm bringing that up, though, is because it is a... F <laughs> the What they... The snubs, so to speak, that they... Um, the films that... Or shows that they failed to recognize are going to bite them in the ass and already have. Um, but it is also going to elevate those films and shows that they snub that should have been nominated. So we, um, we're not going to talk too much about the film portion because 
We haven't talked about the Critics' Choice nominations for film yet. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But for shows, the biggest was, the biggest snub was um, Michaela, or Mike, Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You. Um, she was not nominated at all. Um, the show was not nominated at all. And when you have something that's that monumentous, um, <clears throat> like I said, um, I've only been able <laughs> to watch one episode because it is so freaking amazing. Um, I am going to finish it up here within the month so I can really like give it a really good review for you guys. And then also just so you can go watch it. And it is a limited series. So that means there's no season two. Um, <laughs> or there may be, um, but I don't, I don't see that happening, <laughs> but with that type of snub, with that type of show, with that type of performance, that type of writing, all the, of that to have it <sighs> be ignored, it is intentional. You cannot sit there and tell me that it's not. Um, and it again is trying to support this narrative that black women cannot be, they cannot heal themselves. They cannot um, figure themselves out to become better. Okay. Um, they also shut out Lovecraft Country who dealt with massive amounts of trauma and healing yourself enough to be whole as a black person, be whole with, you know, the atrocities that happened and be whole with, you know, healing those elements, healing those generational curses, healing all of that. So when you, when you break things down like that, because you know, that's how I think I'm analytical and, uh, I'm, I am analytical, yes, but I'm, I'm a free thinker. I, I look at the context. I look at the messaging. And when you see something like this, that is all about suppression of a narrative. And again, these, these black shows were about healing and coming together and finding a way to exist with some semblance of peace. And they were visceral, but they were damn good. And so when you see, like I said, snubs like that, that is what is happening there. Okay. Um, however, this backfired. This is going to elevate each of those creatives each of them um <laughs> so look for my kayla to win every single award now um look for lovecraft to be winning some of these awards that you were like mm, i don't you know ozark was better or you know what i mean look for them to win that because the critics are going to side with they don't want the backlash that Golden Globes got. 
because they got it. Oh, it was bad. (laughs) It was massive. It was everywhere. You had black, white, Latino. You had everybody pissed. And so what they're not going to do, what they don't want is that type of backlash on, you know, on their stuff. And when we're talking critics, we're talking, you know, the big, the big ones. We're talking the root. We're talking, um, deadline. We're talking Rotten Tomatoes is in the mix. We're talking, um, Vanity Fair, Variety, Variety's the main bag here and they ripped the golden globes apart so when you see those type of monoliths of media especially when it comes to film and television ripping apart (laughs) their own like you feel me their own then you know that there is a massive shift occurring and has occurred um because you know Prior, they was like, oh my God, Golden Globe so white or Oscar so white. And they never really, these, uh, except the root and, and sometimes deadline, they didn't really champion that. They didn't really take that torch up. You know, they took it up this year. They had to, they, they didn't have a choice. Like we're not in that space anymore to be blase about racism in media. Okay. <clears throat> and so then so there's something else I wanted to bring up. And there was this was interesting. Um, I had read <clears throat> a variety story about one of the uh, Warner Brothers executives um, voicing their concern about these Golden Globe snubs. OK, and so what they um, took upon their themselves is like, hey. Well, we need to make sure on our end that we are, you know, elevating every single show and not just throwing tons of money behind subpar shows, which that is huge. Um, I was not able to get into the um, flight attendant, y'all. Like I tried and I was like, what is what is this? I watched the undoing and it was like. But their marketing budget was <laughs> like 20, 30, 40 times bigger than Lovecraft Country, which had a more uh, profound impact culturally. You, It was way bigger than I May Destroy You. And so what this executive, and she was, a, it's a woman that came out and said it. She was like, hey, we need to do better on our end to make sure we are propelling the, you know, especially our um, BIPOC creatives, like we need to make sure that we are doing that. And I think that is interesting because of what is going on. Let me give you a little bit more context. CBS, they are, I don't know how they're going to move forward as an entity. Because of the ginormous amount of documented and testimonials of racist, blatant racist behavior, okay? And there's a massive lawsuit against them. 
Um, the New York Times has been chipping away um, at at what is going on over there. And for Warner Brothers to step up and be like, okay, yep, let's go ahead and get ahead of this. So <laughs> when the time comes, we got receipts to say, hey, we back these things. We back these um, projects and these creatives, these BIPOC creatives. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I just, I wanted to just bring those situations up because I was like, there is a massive change going on here. Um, I wish like y'all could really understand why I'm like so into this. And again, I will just say it's because what happens here ends up happening everywhere. Like this is where the jump off is. Okay. Hollywood is so whoa, and this is the jump off. And so what you're going to see, you're going to start to see these other, you know, these companies just being like, Hey, Oh, like, Hey, you know, you're going to start to see, um, award shows being called out by their own people. Like you're going to start to see it. And, um, yeah, I was just like, let me, let me go ahead and, and break this down a little bit and just give you a, a sense of what is to come when it, when it is, um, pertaining to some of these shows. Um, like I said, like Lovecraft, like I may destroy you look for those to win because they just had so much outrage and there was so much outcry um, from everybody that these award shows and critic circles, they don't want that type of heat on them. Um, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Like I had to take a moment. I had to take a moment and like refocus and like <clears throat> when I saw that those two were snubbed from the Golden Globes and I just had to be like, okay, I'm not covering them. Um, I, I never really cover them. I don't feel connected to them at all. So it wasn't a big thing, but it still hurt as a black creative to see, you know, one of the bigger award ceremonies literally ignore <laughs> two of the best shows of 2020 uh yeah no yeah no so okay we have had a little intermission of things and then um you know i think these tv nominations i think they're 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 good um again you know the critics choice is like like I said, they, they lay the groundwork and they help kind of funnel down the nominations that are going to end up happening um, for the Oscars. Um, the Oscars deadline is February 28th. They did release a, um, a short list uh, today uh, for like best score, best original song um hair and makeup so <laughs> one of the um mm, one of the movies that i i just knew was on the perimeter and i i'm trying to prepare people um that jingle jangle is going to be nominated for some oscars here 
um, how do I say this without being like an ass? Now, is it going to be, um, best picture? I, I don't think so, but it'll be technical, like the hair, the makeup, um, they they may make it into song. They may get one for cinematography. Um, they, that film is so damn good. And, um, I just was like, you know, I saw that saw that it was on a number of short list entries. So I was like, don't be surprised if Jingle Jangle comes through. Okay. Don't be surprised. And so um, one film that is just got me pissed off is me. I didn't make it through the film. I didn't. It was too long. I love Tom Hanks. <sighs> That's not enough. Not this year. But again, you see that it's getting nominated and I, I'm just like, okay, so whose spot is that film taking? <laughs> like, oh, oh. And so um, when you look at things like that, um, somebody did a really, I can't remember the the publication, but they did. They were like, you know, with News of the World being, you know, a contender now. You see films like Judas and the Black Messiah being pushed out. And it is because of what I said earlier of these um, these award circles being predominantly white men. White men love that movie. So it's going to be nominated. Um, I <laughs> I just... If I had to take the Black Messiah or News of the World, of course I'm going to choose, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah. Not because it's because I'm black, but because the film is fundamentally the best film of the year. It is fundamentally perfect. And I just... <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm just gagged. I am just gagged. But this also comes back into putting putting the content out there early enough for the voting body to get get around it um and and support it. Um you look at the five bloods um that movie was put out in June, but here we are in the, in the midst of award season. And this, this movie is racking up the nominations left and right minus the Golden Globes. Okay. Now we're getting into the film portion. Okay. The Golden Globes are trash. <laughs> they didn't even nominate the Five Bloods, y'all. Listen to me very carefully. I am not here for the Golden Globes ever again. I'm done. I don't care. I'm like, I, no. What you're not going to do is that. And so, um, but the reason <clears throat> the film is, is so prevalent now is because it had a jump start on everybody. 
<laughs> on everybody. Um, it did. It was in June. And so, but then you look at News of the World and it was released around, I believe, Thanksgiving. And there really wasn't anything else released. And so it's Thanksgiving. We ain't got nothing to do but sit there and watch a movie and blam, that's there. You know, so again, it's 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 in marketing and it's in like, you know, just having your your film or show whatever it is having it out early enough for these voting bodies to see it and to become you know affluent in the messaging and the story and all of those things and did it is it impressionable and so you know like Judas and the Black Messiah did not start screening until like late January and then I saw you know um at Sundance for like that was what February the 1st and so the cutoff for the Oscars is the 28th um Judas and the Black Messiah is going to do better um with that um audience because it has longer to again make an imprint and it is making a very sizable one so but for the critics' choice, it, it didn't get enough time to become familiar with the voting body, which sucks because the movie is, it's like my top 2021. It, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. Right now, is is it's at number one. It's so good. So... Now that we have talked about movies a little bit, let's go ahead and get into the film nominations for the 26th Annual Critics' Choice Awards. And <clears throat> there's a lot of nominations here, so... <laughs> um, now, Netflix had, before we go further, Netflix had, like... I think it was 26 nominations for um, television, right? Which is massive. Um, they beat out HBO in that realm by two. And if you know <clears throat> what's, what, who's really battling for uh, number one, it is uh, Warner and Netflix. Um, so going forward, so with Netflix getting 72 72 nominations um they got 40 plus nominations for just film i can't i can't i can't okay let's just get into these okay just i can't <laughs> so best picture nominations the five bloods ma rainey's black bottom mink Minari. I can't wait to see that. I cannot wait to see that. News of the World. Nomad Land. Oh my God. One Night in Miami. Promising Young Woman. Sound of Metal. The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Listen to me very carefully. This. <laughs> I I tried to watch Mank. Couldn't get through Mank. So I'll, I will skip that. Um. I will skip talking about Mank, but the rest of these, I've seen them all except Minari. And I can't wait 
to see Minari. I heard it. It's just beautiful. Um, I just would not want to be a voter here. Um, um, a little, a little teaser though. I was invited as I am inviting you to, um, go and over to the NAACP, um, image awards website and vote. Um, but I got a personal invitation to do that. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, somebody's, somebody's watching. So, um, or listening. So I'm just really excited about that. And so I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, I get to participate in that. And like, I don't know what special things that means, but okay. All right. Let's get into best actor. And there are two, four, six, eight nominees here. Ugh. But again, like I said, these these are the ones that start to funnel in, um, you know, funnel in the, these are like Oscar shortlists, to be very honest. Okay. Best Actor, Ben Affleck, The Way Back, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Tom Hanks, News of the World, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Delroy, Lindo, The Five Bloods, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Ewan for Minari. Best Actress has two, four, six, eight as well. This is going to get fun. This is going to get fun. This is... Um, the reason I say Best Actress is going to get fun at the Oscars because I feel very strongly that we're going to see multiple black women nominated. Multiple. Just hear me out. Listen to me very carefully. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> the energy is saying that's going to happen. I'm telling you. So, Best Actress. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Sydney Flanagan, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman, and Zendaya for Malcolm Emery. <sighs> okay, best supporting actor. It looks like they have six. Um, so Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Daniel Kalua, Judas and the Black Messiah, Bill Murray, On the Rock, right in Miami, and Paul Racy, Sound of Metal. Ugh, these are hard. Best Supporting Actress, Maria Bakalova, Barat, Subsequent Movie Film, Ellen Burstein, Pieces of a Woman, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, um, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, um, Yu Jong Yoon, Minari. Best Young Actor or Actress, <clears throat> Ryder Allen Palmer, um, Ibri Hima Gui, The Life Ahead, Alan Kim Minari, 
Talia Ryder, never, rarely, sometimes, always. Coaline Springle, The Midnight Sky, and Helena Zingel, News of the World. I am missing Young Miss from um, Jingle Jangle. That's my only thing. But remember what I said about that marketing, right? Best Acting Ensemble, The Five Bloods, Judas and the Black Messiah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, One Night in Miami, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh my God. <laughs> I have not seen Minari. So I've seen everything else. I I, I don't know. I, oh gosh, this is going to be mm, too much. Best um, Director, Lee Isaac Shung for Minari. Emerald Fennell, Promise a Young Woman. David Fincher, Mank, Spike Lee, The Five Bloods. Regina King, One Night in Miami. Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. And Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. Who girl? Listen. Who? <laughs> I am here for it. Best Original Screenplay. Lee Isaac Shum, Minari. Emerald, um, Emerald Fennel, um, Promising Young Woman, Jack Fincher, Mank, Eliza Hitman, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr, Sound of Metal, and then Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Best Adapted Screenplay, Paul Greengrass and Luke Davies, News of the World. Oh my God. Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller, The Father, Kemp Powers, One Night in Miami. Actually, he adapted his own play into a screenplay. Come on now. John Raymond and Kelly um, Rickard, First Cow, Ruben Santiago Hudson, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Best Cinematography, Christopher um Blauvelt for First Cow. Oh, um, <laughs> Eric Messerschmidt for Mank. Um, Lacan Mil Milne, um, Minari. Joshua James Richards, Nomadland. Newton Thomas Siegel, The Five Bloods. Hoyt Van Hoytema, um, Tenet. And then Walski, News of the World. Um, best editing, <laughs> Alan Bumgarten, The Trial of Chicago 7, that was actually really good, really good editing, that's why that film worked, oh my god, one of the reasons, Kirk Baxter, Mank, <laughs> Jennifer Lane, Tenet, Gone Girl, Yargos, Laprinos, The Father, Michael E.G. Nielsen, Sound of Metal, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Listen, listen, y'all remember that name. That's all I got to say. Alexander Beery for Best Costume Design for Emma, of course. Um, Bina Dagler for Mulan. Susie Harmon and Robert Worley for The Personal History of David Copperfield, of course. Anne Roth for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Nancy Steiner for Promising Young Woman, and then Trish Somerville, Mank, 
Best Hair and Makeup, Billy Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Promising Young Woman, and The United States versus Billie Holiday. Best Visual Effects, Greyhound, The Invisible Man, Mank, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, Tenet, and Wonder Woman 1984. Best Comedy, Borat, Subsequent Movie Film, The 40-Year-Old Version, The King of Staten Island, On the Rocks, Palm Springs, and The Prom. Best Foreign Language Film, Another Round, Collective, La Lorana, The Life of Head, The Life Ahead, Minari, and Two of Us. Best Song, Everybody Cries from The Outpost, Fight for You, Judas and the Black Messiah, Husavik, My Hometown, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, EOC, Scene, The Life Ahead, Speak Now, One Night in Miami, Tigress and Tweed, The United States of Billie Holiday, or The United States versus um, Billie Holiday. Well, we did it. We got through the noms for the CCs, as I like to call them. And this show will air on the CW um, March 7th with host Tay Diggs. Um, I will be watching it. Um, who are your faves to win? I mean, I have mine. I have mine, but you know, I don't want to drag this out. So, um, (laughs) but who are your faves to win? The reason I said, um, Chloe Zhao is because honey, she wrote it. Well, she adapted it. Okay. So she read the book. She adapted it. She shot it. So she directed it. And then she edited it. Listen to me very carefully. This woman of color was able to. That's why it's so good. It's it's hard to get people to create the film you want to see. Um, and as a director, um you kind of you got to have that those group of individuals who can tap into that and and the same goes for uh uh let me see let me catch it um it's costume person at um for Ruben um Santiago Hudson for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom that's why that film works as well he adapted the screenplay, he directed it, and he edited it. That's what you want. That's that's what you want as a director. You want that type of freedom um, to be able to tell your story and not have any interference whatsoever. These films, those two in particular... Um, I didn't think Ma Rainey's was going to make it. I'm going to be very honest. I didn't think it was going to be able to keep a hold of the lead that it had. Um, Mank has uh, 12 nominations. Um, so it is the the leader, so to speak, 
for the Critics' Choice Awards. We'll see if that carries over into the Oscars. Um, not a lot of people watch the film. I tried and it didn't work. So maybe I'll try again. But, <sighs> you know, it's old Hollywood. And of course, old Hollywood is going to love a movie about old Hollywood. I mean, hello. But this film, those two in particular, like, I knew Nomadland would get there um, and, and, and stay there. But, like, I didn't think Ma Rainey's would. And I'm so thankful that it is because it just highlights what I'm saying about a director being able to truly encapsulate a story and hold it, you know, as a complete whole until it is released. Um, so many times we see interference or we see, you know, numerous people working on things, um, and it works sometimes. Um, there's a reason why I didn't, Tenet didn't click with me. Um, I just felt bothered. Like it just didn't feel, it just felt discombobulated. And I know that's what it was supposed to be. Um, that, and it was too damn long, y'all. Come on now. Um, I can sit there and watch something that's three, four hours long. I really can. I can. But you got to have it make sense somehow. And it just was not. So it didn't work. Um, so you're going to see Tenet nominated for more technical things. Um, music, things like that. Special effects. Uh, but yes, like Ma Rainey's and Nomadland works so well because of how their directors were able to literally create the story, shoot it, and then edit it. I that just does not happen. Um, and then let's let's talk about uh, Brittany, uh, Brittany, Miss Brittany, Finale for Promising Young Woman. Let's talk about it. Now she didn't edit the movie; she did not, but she did write it, and she did shoot it. And I'm going to be very honest. It is a, it's a great movie. Okay. It is. It is. Um, it was like on my top, it's on my top, uh, films of the year, but it's not, it didn't make it into the top 10. And there's a reason for that. Um, I felt it's more character driven and I felt if the actress or you know the lead actress would have been someone else the movie wouldn't have worked the reason the movie works is because of carrie mulligan um <laughs> i just can't i just can't and that's why like i put it into my films that were great or that were good but they were made great by these performances and there is a difference um, between that and then just a great film. Um, I think the reason my Rainey's was able to cross over into one of the best films of the year is because of the historical elements and then also the ensemble. And so it didn't just rely on Chadwick. It just didn't rely on Viola. It didn't. It relied on everybody. And so, again, like, that's why that film was able to be thrust over into best pictures of the year. because, Or one of the best pictures of the year because of just this whole effect the film had. 
Promising Young Woman does not have that effect. It is a singular type of narrative. Um, I do question. And we're going to get into spoilers about this a little bit later on. So I want you, if you have not seen Promising Young Woman, I need you to go see that movie um, at least within the next month. So that when I start to really talk about this film, um, you know, because it's going to be nominated for Oscars, guys, it is. And it should be. Um, (laughs) Regardless of the effect or not, the film is a really great film. Um, because I don't want to spoil things for you, but I just wonder if the ending had went differently. There's a particular part of the ending. Had that been different, would this be nominated? And what she was able to do was tie up a very, very dismal story in a very gratifying way. But had one part of that changed, would it be nominated? And there's a reason why the endings are so important. And, you know, Act 3 is all about um, resolution. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a reason why it worked. But I just, like I said, <laughs> this for me, this film was like, it's not an anti-hero film. No, it's not that. But it is, it is definitely a hero arc or a heroine's arc. It just, there's a part of it that's like, is that a part of the journey as a heroine? And so it doesn't happen with heroines. It doesn't. So like I said, I don't want to spoil anything right now. But later on, we will be discussing this film in depth Um, Because like I said, it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. I just know it. Um, And so we're going to get into it. But it is a really good movie. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. Especially if you are a a woman creative period, you need to watch this film. Another film that I'm like, if you are a woman creative, you need to watch this film is Nomadland. You need to watch that film. But another one is... um, and this is for um, any BIPOC women creatives. You need to watch this film. The 40-year-old version. <sighs> Baby, listen. This was, I, every time I see that it's nominated for something, every time I see Radha Blank being dated and I start to cry because... She was able to create again. <laughs> now she wrote it. Um, she directed it. She edited it. So that you hear what I'm saying? You're going to start to see this happen more and more. Um now big blockbusters, I I don't know if that would really lend itself to that. Uh that category because again a blockbuster is just a whole nother beast but when you're talking about these lower budget films they're able to do that and they're they they being the directors are able to do that and they make it so memorable and so relatable and human 
That's why these films are popping up in these award circuits. Um, she, what Raha, Radha was able to do, it, it, it hasn't happened before. Not for a black woman uh, director. It has not. Screenwriter and actress. It has not happened. And so for her to be doing this, and she is a, uh, a woman of size, a black woman of size, I... It just makes me so very happy and um, it just gives me the encouragement to keep going and doing what I need to do. <sighs> but yes, when I, every time I see it, I'm just like, yes, yes, you know, best comedy. Yes, like any best, any best. It could be anything. Like even with the NAACPs, she was nominated there like I think four times. Honey, yes, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But again, I think this film would have benefited better had Netflix really put the budget behind it. Um, They did, but they really pushed it as a comedy. And, you know, those really don't do well um, in... Uh, in awards circuits like this one, unless they have a specific category for uh, best comedy. Um, so you're not going to see it nominated elsewhere because of how it was marketed and then how it was, um, <sighs> yeah, how it was received. I, I didn't think it was like, I felt it was more of a dramedy um, than a comedy, but <laughs> that's me because, you know, again, I'm very analytical. So, of course, I'm going to look at those things. But yes, oh my God, these Critics' Choice Awards put my spirits right, as did the NAACPs over that abomination that is called the Golden Globes or the White Boys Club, as I like to call it, the White Boys Media Club, because that's what it seems like, like everybody that got put uh, put out of the Oscars or any of the other award circles went there and was like oh this is our last stand and it was like jesus christ um <laughs> it was horrible so yeah what are your favorite films of the year there were some that and i i made an error on my list um my number five movie or uh, is it wait a minute let me make sure yeah, my number five movie was actually Birds of Prey, which I feel is is just, oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe I just like skipped that, but um, I need y'all to know that that may be nominated as well. Look for Wonder Woman 1984 to be nominated for Oscars, guys. Um, technically, they're going to get those technical awards. Um I know Birds of Prey was nominated or is in the on the short list um, when it comes to a lot of technical things like hair and makeup and wardrobe and um, visual effects, things like that. So be on the lookout of that. Um, yeah, I just thought we're going to do this format this time, especially when we're dealing with these um, nominations as just one. Um one take because 
there's so much to go through and um the next award um nominations that i'm going to um delve into is the hollywood critics uh, uh circle awards and those are interesting and i again i felt like well that and because you know i'm synced into hollywood <laughs> i felt very synced into what they were doing as well. Um, and their nominations are really close to the top films for me. Um, I know a movie that <laughs> I wanted to put on there just for shits and giggles was Sonic the Hedgehog. Man, I love that movie. I love that movie. I will still watch that movie. Like, I think I watched it on Christmas. I, I love that movie. I think it's so good. Um... And I still think it was like a prank that um, the studio put out that that creepy looking Sonic trailer before. I think that's what it was. I think it was a prank. I do. I think they always had the, you know, Sonic we ended up seeing, the rendered Sonic that we ended up seeing. I think they always had that. Um, <laughs> they was just like, let's just put this out. <laughs> I feel that in my heart that that's what they did. But anyway, I love that movie. Um, there were other ones that I wish I could have put on the list. But, you know, I was just like, man, I can't. Even though I enjoy these movies so much. Like, I think for me, for there, I'm going to really, like, get back into just not just doing the whole, well, technically and critically, this was the best movie. Like, sometimes you got to have the cheese in there. You know what I mean? Like, a good cheeseburger has to have really good cheese. So, hello. But, yeah. And then I want to close this out with just saying, like... Thank you guys. Like this is, I don't know what's happening. All I know is that I'm following my spirit and my, um, my heart and making this content and, and putting it out there for everybody. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> so there will probably probably be more than one episode starting to be dropped a week until all of the awards die down just because I can't really get into too much news um, with these award cycles going on. So, and I just want to keep you guys updated on things. So, all right, that was it. That's it, y'all for this episode of Livy's Corner.